Welcome to Biggest Geekus. We're your hosts. I'm Randy. And I'm Joe. This is episode 83 of our show, and the day is April 12th, 2022. Yes, it is. How is the Joseph? Doing fine, even though my dog came and opened my door. I can't really close it all the way. And he'll come in here and put peek his head in and then go away. But uh, hello to uh, our viewers, our two viewers. Hey, two is better than zero. Shadow and Larry. Oh, here we go. We got more now. Mm. Darth Martinson, Jesse. Oh, might be a new fella. Lady, I'm not sure. Dude. Dude. Person. Personage. Personage. Yes. So, hello, everybody. So, uh, anything exciting for you this week, Rob? Uh, well, we didn't play this week, right? Uh-huh. Or did we? Spo- no, we did not. We're supposed to this weekend, though. That's at least that's the rumor. Okay. I'm not sure. Or if you guys can make Saturday. I'm not sure because I don't know. No. Okay. This is probably a bad weekend hmm. because this is um, Holy Weekend, right? Yes, it is. And uh, me and the wife are at church every uh, starting Friday pretty much every day. So this will probably not be great for gaming. Say that again. What are you and your wife doing? Every well, Friday? Good Friday. So we're okay. going to Good Friday. And then there's a Saturday service. Mm-hmm. I think it's a that's a late service. Oh, okay. And and then Sunday, so we'll be oh. we'll be there every day. Good deal. Um, yeah. So Jesse, the dude, he says I and his name was on my parents' too. <laughs> well, 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 you should man. you should do something about that, Jesse. Like go up to them and you know give them what fur. What fur? How dare you? But that's cool. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, um, I know I'm going to, I got, I've kind of, that's not a new church, but another church I've kind of, I've kind of begun to be a fan of how these people approach the Lord and stuff. And I'm intrigued to see how their Easter service is going to be. I'm going to keep a tab, see if there's something else they're going to do, but they're not real formal. I don't, they're not a real formal church at all. And I do like mm. about them. Mm. And so I don't know if they'll do a Friday, Saturday. I mean, when I was, when I was young, we used to get up early in Easter. We'd have, we'd have like service at like, Sunrise, sunrise, yeah, like five thirty. So, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to go to that. That'll be good. Yeah, uh, I, I got my days mixed up. So a little bit of excitement. I got my days mixed up. I thought this Sunday was Easter, and not this past Sunday instead of this coming Sunday. Yeah, this coming Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone that's out there. So I woke my wife up and said Happy Easter, and because she loves candy, I'm not sure. big on candy, and had her a basket because that's what she likes. Yeah, and she's like, Oh, thank you, I love you, and today's not Easter. <laughs> It was, it was hilarious. That's all right, dude. You had one. So did you do any gaming stuff at all yourself this weekend? Did you and, you and the wife do any fun gaming cool crap? No, but what I did do was I investigated uh, whether or not I could live stream Baldur's Gate, the enhanced edition. Oh, yeah, you got that, huh? And um, while you can, I'm not. I'm not too sure how fun it will be for everybody else unless I have lots of commentary because the movement in the game is kind of lame, I think. What are you playing it on? PC. Okay. So the movement, you know, you have to click and click. I'm sure that there's a keyboard uh, way to do it, 
but I haven't figured that out. Mm -hmm. If I can figure out the way to do it in the keyboard, then the click, click, wait for the the fog of war thing to clear, and then <laughs> click some more. Ugh, I have that's... the uh, <laughs> I have the PS4 version. I bought the Super Deluxe set, and I have Planescape Torment and um, Baldur's Gate One and Two, Neverwinter Nights, all for the PS4. Um, oh have... no, nothing like that. This is yeah, I, I got this several years back. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Got a sweet beholder uh, dice. Uh, what's it called? You roll dice in. Oh, dice tray. Dice tray. <laughs> you know that thing. Oh, hey, Ray. good news on the fat boy front. Randy lost eight pounds this week. Oh, good deal. Yeah, I went every Friday, so I'm feeling pretty good. Got up at four forty-five this morning. And I was at the gym by five thirty. Oh no, five. Did that take you under three hundred? Uh, no, but I'm close. Very close. I'm so close, and you can taste it, Clarice. Anyway, I'm hoping it'll push me. That's all right. I'm gonna. My goal is uh, two twenty. That's where I want to be. All righty. Forever. So you'll yeah. just have to sweat off a whole person, just about. Yeah, the key for me is eating, dude. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind working out and biking. You know, I do. It's, it's right. cool. But right. it's, uh, it's like damn eating stuff. You know, I like food too much, but I'm doing better. I, I even feel better. Yeah. So, I, I love food. Food is good. Yeah. So, but anyway, so uh, we got any call-ins or emails this week? Absolutely none. <clears throat> Been talking to our buddy at Clearswell where uh, Ringmill, Taylor, a little bit on Facebook. I'm glad he's joined that so he can chat with us old folks. Um, and uh, I yeah. got I got intrigued last week. Um, I believe it was Cal. Was Cal the one that mentioned at the end, near the end of our podcast, he said Aaron the Pedantic was doing a video commentary on Professor DM's uh, video on Critical Role. Oh, oh. Uh, he might have. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I never got back to that. So I, I listened to Aaron for a little while, then I listened to Professor Dungeon Master. I talked with you and Patrick a little bit. We kind of texted back and forth, and I decided to sit and watch the whole thing. Uh -huh. Were you able to force yourself to sit through it? No. Okay. So I did, and um, he tries to walk back some of his statements at the very end. How so? I mean, well, is it he real says, walking back? You or? like playing this way. It's okay. Do whatever you want. I agree, Shadow. Cal is very cool. Um, cool Cal. But anyway, Professor Dan basically said this. He said, uh, you and your group will never be as good as Critical Role. And he made the comment that it was... And, of course, he talks a lot about story. Professor DM's more of a story guy. And I'll be fair. I'll be honest with you, dude. I like story. I I understand the OSR mentality and the mentality of a lot of people. The story happens at the table. And I pretty much agree. But I'm also perfectly happy riding a very fun railroad. And I'll be honest with you. This dude right here is not complaining much. Me? Yeah, you haven't. No, no, I don't. And I've done it. And by railroad, I mean what most people would call, you know, a lot of the the purists, not the bro SR people, but which that'd be a fun discussion. I'm not sure who they are, but I've heard some weird things about that. You're not missing anything. Okay. But anyway, um, I've, you know, I, I like the idea of a story and building it around the characters, but it, I think it's a, it's a completely different style of play. But um, Chris, I'm done back to him. He's kind of on that side, but he made the comment. I thought, was, I thought he was a little arrogant when he said, he said on the scale of just of a gamer and more of a, what did he call it? Oh, I'm blanking now. Thespian. Maybe, but not there. gamer versus uh, storyteller type person. He's more over there with critical role, he said. And he made the comment, oh, they're such good actors and they can really get into character. Your group will never be this good. And I'm like. And? 
I'll never, he, and I think he's right. I think it's easier drama, dram, dramatics. There you go. Martinson said it. Yeah, no, drama. Who cares? He didn't for. But you did. No, you did. I don't believe. I don't believe that I could do that. It was I'm weird sorry. too. You froze, and then you went really fast for a second. So <laughs> you were skipping time there. Really with great relish. But um, my point was, you know, he said that, and he, you know, he, sometimes with him, I can't tell. Um, if he's fully ki- kidding or talking stuff like tongue firmly implanted in cheek, but he comes off as a little hoity-toity. Yep. Yeah. So I, I I posted somewhere, and it's maybe not a good comparison, but when when I think about him, I think about uh, Caddyshack. Who's that? Me and you. As I posted this up on our chat, the uh, uh, Judge Smales. <laughs> Mr. Snooty. Right. And uh, so he kind of reminds me of him in a way. Um, but the thing is, he's right in a way. If drama is your thing, then if you're not presenting in a dramatic way, then it's not his bag of tea. But he's also saying you're better. Correct. So, But from his point of view you're better. So we, when people make these kinds of statements and we were talking about something similar earlier before we started, Mm -hmm. we should mentally preface this kind of statement, even with us here. Sure. Because I'll say things with uh, full confidence and I won't preface it. Right. Because it's tiresome doing so. Yeah. In my opinion, at my table, that kind of thing, because that's what really he, he means or he should. And that's what um, we're all doing anyway. Everybody yeah. gets in here and makes these podcasts or video or YouTube. You're giving your opinion. Shadow and Son, they have their opinion on things. I mean, uh, it's just it's just a thing, you know. But um, yeah, his con- his statement better, I think, got under uh, Aaron the pedantic skin a little bit. I didn't watch his complete reply, but and I don't want to make it bigger than what it is because in the end, he goes, "If you like playing, do this." But I mean, I think there'd be people that would say, I mean, it, it kind of made me kind of bristle a little bit, and I was kind of like. Critical Role is not really D&D, if you ask me. Not really. They're kind of, and they can say they're completely playing the game by rolling the dice. And they might be. Because, I mean, I know there are very good uh, improv actors that can do all that. And that's completely fine. Um, But here's the thing. Another thing I was thinking about with this whole thing with Professor DM. How do we know how good they are? Because they do lots of editing. Yep. How many times do they go through and say their lines or maybe uh, they don't say lines over and over again, but maybe they pick out the best parts to show us. And then it looks like they are. And, and how do we know they are? Right. And he 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 looked like he claimed that they're, they're better because they get into their character better. They have better interactions. But the truth is, what if you don't enjoy that? I mean, it might, you know, at, at a table like mine, they might suck. And you might have a person there who's a super good actor, but if he can't keep up with the power gamers and Pathfinder, dude, I don't that's good good for you, but you're gonna look like a punk at our table. I mean, there are two sides to this game. One of them is the talking part, and yeah. one of them is the rolling part. Right? Mm-hmm. There's and they are both part of the game. Right. Uh, how you do that um, improv part is totally up to you. Um, there's no 
there's no menu, there's no specific instructions and all that. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's some, um, references to, um, stuff that critical role does and what we all do to one degree or another, getting into character and getting into character for some people means from a theater type, um, point of view. And for me, getting into character means I think about what my character would do and acting kind. Sometimes I will talk in character. Sometimes I will not. I don't, I don't get uptight about that one way or another. Oh, Legion's bringing up a, okay. Yeah. So yeah, basically long, long story short, let's wrap the professor DM up. You know, look, he can, he's welcome to his opinion, but he's not correct. He's not, he doesn't lay the law for anybody. No. And it does neither does Watsy or anybody else plays D and D except Max. Max lays the law. Yes. But Max has a comment. Check it out. Yes. In fact, if you can tell by my, um, okay, let me see what he's, let me, yeah, it says, Legion of Myth says, and this is Max. Yeah. I was told to ask Biggest Geekus about a dust up with Shadzar and how I'm a liar again or something. Yes. So, um, there was a bit of a dust up on Discord. Um, involving name calling. Wow. And I said, you need to cool that. Cool your jets. And it ended with him calling me Cliff Clavin, which is why I have that on my <laughs> on my nameplate here on uh, on the live stream. Why was uh, Shadzar yelling name to people? Well, what was he pissed off about? Because if you don't measure up to a particular if you don't measure up for him, he starts calling names and calling you a liar, you've lied, instead of just maybe being incorrect, right. or maybe you've misinterpreted what was said. Who knows? Oh. Right. Okay. So, um, essentially, I said, well, you're the one with your panties up in a bunch. I just asked you to stop. And <laughs> that ended it pretty much. Right. Oh, well. Pretty much. Right. So, yes, yes. Business as usual, nothing new. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, poor shads are. Yeah. So, but you know what? We're all, you know, we're two, we're all two different people in this on the interwebs. And I mean, everybody's a little different. So we're bound to rub each other wrong a little bit. So, yeah, but we got to give each other a little bit or shut up about yeah, it. Yeah. And you need to, when you cross a line, someone should tell you. And other than that, unless it's just really egregious, I say give them a little grace. Hmm. You know, so. Hmm. So, yeah. On that note, I think we're ready to jump into the main topic. Yes. So, yes, because we, yeah, because um, we don't have any call-ins or emails. We don't no. have a lot of, what? I'm just sad that we don't. Yeah, no, no, um, no one. Well, what we do have on the internet is people just sharing us, which is great. Oh, people that's awesome. retweet, they yeah. share, they do that kind of thing. Oh, uh, hit that thing. Hit that thing, dude. Hit the thing. Hit the, the thing. thing. The oh, thing. yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing. thing. Move the thing. And the, the thing. other thing. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm waiting. I want to see it now. Yeah, I froze this time. Hmm. My screen my screen locked. Sweet. Yes. That thing? You want to subscribe. The subscribe thing. Yeah, baby. That's cool. Did Max let you use that one? That looks familiar. Yes. Well, I yoinked it. I oh. said I yoinked it, and he said it was fine. So it's kind of after the fact. You yoinked it. Yes. Oh, Randy didn't turn his phone off. Hold on. Um, 
you know that that is a sin. You shouldn't do that. That's bad programming. Nobody likes hearing anybody's phone going off. So, yeah, uh, not a lot of uh, specifics. Nobody, no suggestions or questions or anything like that. And I didn't put up a poll yet as far as monsters go. But oh, what yeah. we might do, what we might do, one last thing before we get into the main topic. Yeah. Um, if you guys have some suggestions or uh, some suggestions about what monsters you want us to talk about, we might change it up a little bit the next time around as far as what, how we talk about the monsters. Less emphasis on what we all know because we play the game and more emphasis perhaps on new ways or different ways. They might not be new because we might, might be some parallel development out there. Stuff we do, you might do as well, but it will be uh, different from canon. And if it bores people, I'll back off on the history part too. I do. I've enjoyed myself tr tremendously digging into ODD, Beck Me, and all the other stuff. I like. Uh, I like seeing how the monsters have changed. And so, when we have our next one, it'll probably be the Incorporal Undead, just to put a cap on it. The Incorporeal. And so, I've already been doing some work on that, and I do enjoy that. But if it's boring, people, I'll quit. Uh, it's kind of neat to see how which monsters appeared when and how they changed. So, but. Right. I, I like I like using the monsters' essential abilities, yeah. and then skinning them some in a different way, so that folks who memorize them dang books, yeah, don't have one up on you. Yeah, look at Ravenloft ghosts. I'm sure those are interesting. I bet they are. Yep. And I think monsters are the one one of the the big things. Uh, that you can change, and, uh, and you could just ditch the monster manual and do enroll your own. No, oh, you could. It's you a little work, but it's one. It's one of the things about D and D. You don't have to go with the book stuff because no. the, the rules are. Um, I mean, the basic rules are in the DMG and the player's handbook. The monsters don't really, especially in first edition, they don't offer new rules specifically. So. There's nothing that you're really ditching. There's well, maybe um, a spell resistance or something like that. You know, the monsters do. Um, I, um, the monsters do what the, especially in first and second edition, they do what, what they need to do. It's not like in third where they tried to make everything follow the same rules. And I would advise that even in third edition, when we played Pathfinder, Joe knows, I would just build monsters the way I wanted to. Right. You couldn't count on, you know, anything being exactly the same unless it was the same creature. So, yeah. Because you're not just challenging the characters, you're challenging the players, too. And there's no, no way to tease those two apart. There's no way. It's part of it. So, And this is part of it. Darth X says, sorry, I DM too much not to memorize some creatures. So sure. if you already know all the creatures, how exciting is it for you? I'm sure Randy likes it when he gets surprised at the table. I do. And, you know, the, the truth is, I think when I'm a player... I'm such a crappy player uh, being Mr. I mean, Joe knows I, I try to be more narrative. I try to be a little silly. Um, I don't usually even think when the monsters come up, I do it. My DM, my DM mind kicks in and I'll go, hmm, what is this? But I don't I don't I try my best not to just react because I know something. But that's hard to do sometimes. It's hard. It's hard because you can't not know it. Right. But it doesn't mean you have to, in some situations, if I'm playing a character and I've never, ever seen a ghost before, I don't have to go, oh, yeah, you might mention Jarmy. 
Right. But what you could also do is step back and take, let others take the lead. And that's a bet. That's why that's a good way to keep yourself. Yeah, a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, you know, Darth is playing at my table and I bring in a get yank and he goes, Oh yeah, they have SR 12 plus their level. So I mean, this guy's level, he's got high SR and do this and do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yes, monsters need to retain the court. Um, this is from Legion of Myth. Monsters need to retain the theme of the actual monster, but tweaking them makes them interesting. Maybe your cockatrice, trees, cockatrice, mm-hmm. uh, tomato, tomato, mm-hmm. gaze causes uh, slow instead of paralysis. Right. Yeah, sure. Exactly. All right. So moving on to high level, main topic. Yeah. So what's I- up with high level? Yeah. Uh, Does anybody we, even like it? <laughs> that is a question. Uh, most games seem to end before quote-unquote high level. Focusing kind of on D&D, I think uh, this idea was, you know, is, is it a real thing? Do people actually play it? And, you know, some people's definition of high level, and I'll probably hear some people on here will say ninth or tenth level is high level because that's when most campaigns petered out in first and second edition. Right. And actually but, but third, fourth and fifth too. They're wrong. They're <laughs> all wrong. Well, just in general, do you think it's because the PCs just get too ridiculous a power that people bail? There's some people that are like that. They don't like the high power. If it, at ninth level, you do get, uh, well, spellcasters yep. in particular, um, your fighter ca- uh, classes, not nearly as much, I don't think. But casters in D&D, get, they ramp up fifth, at, at ninth level, get fifth level spells. That's when, that's ninth level is a game changer in the game because you then teleportations on the table as well as many other abilities that circumvent many obstacles. Yeah. And so then that brings in the whole GM managing that, right? Shadow see, 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 yep. this is correct. No such thing is too powerful. If a wizard has a magic staff in my campaign, it's too powerful. Ask, yes. Ask you. Even if the magic staff, it just, you know, creates light. But to be clear, Joe can uh, confirm, I am definitely a high level GM. Yes. I don't. We played campaigns well into past twentieth level, and third edition, and other and other games too. Uh, granted, I drained tons of levels to make a nod back to last week and brought them back down to first. But it was fun while they were there. <laughs> there is, there can be in the old game. There can be a kind of a roller coaster where you can go up and down that level, that level thing, right? Up and down because uh, of level draining creatures. So you get a few levels, maybe you get all the way up to a name level, and then yep. a vampire rolls up to you and says, ha, 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 You're not today. Your fifth level, you yep. still kill them eventually, but everybody's two, three, four levels lower than they, they were. And uh, well, you got to go through the grind again or find some restoration magic, depending on which version of the game you're in. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. I, can't, you know, I, I don't remember all the different uh, versions, level, of restoration. Right. I think there was only one restoration spell apart from heal uh, because I that believe, restored some things. I believe Arn Man told us last week it was seventh level. Yeah. Was. So uh, Darth has a good comment. You want to put that up on the screen? 
high level play does change how things work and the dm does have to work harder to challenge the players yeah um this also opens up for a different type of play a different think, type of play i think that's the key um, and, here, and here's another thing you don't have once you hit high level you might want to not necessarily play every week because it can be the the difficulty on the dm the intensity of the campaign can um can make it a little taxing so or if you play it may not be an adventure every week right you might not hit the ground and start you know singing your spells you might uh do some other stuff town stuff or domain stuff yes yeah intrigue just mix it in i I think i'd like to kind of qualify here a little bit when you think about let's focus on D mainly because max made a comment about other games he really thinks high level play Right. And soon. But with D&D, I think there's transition. Here's what I've noticed for the most part. Uh, players transition once they get to fifth level. Yeah. They're, they're... What's that sound? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the weather has changed in ah. Michigan. It's finally not winter anymore. Ah, yes. And uh, so we have the windows open. And, you know, motorcycle. Got a motorcycle. Motorcycle. So that's what that was. Sorry, um, I can't edit that out. So, what does uh, Legion say? Legion says, in my experience, high level play turns into PC cakewalking. Everything the DM TPKing the PCs or a lot of work for the DM to know or understand exactly what the PCs can do. Vice the monsters, and it can be that way. I, I think I think he's actually one hundred percent right. I think there's no there's no arguing that even Darth was implying that I think if, if I, when I ran high level campaigns, I played care most successful ones. They started at low levels probably first and worked their way up to high level. Now I don't define 10th level as high level back to my point. There's a transition, I believe in all levels of D and D. So when characters get to fifth level, the game changes, they have access to fireball. That makes a difference. And it's usually connected to the spell levels. With fighters, it could be a specialization at fourth level, whatever it might be. Then when you get to ninth or tenth level, you get fifth level spells. They're a big jump up. Teleport's a big change. Wall of Force is a big change. And then when you get to where you access about, it's about every odd level. Uh, you get access to disintegrate. Things change a little bit. So um, it's, oh, Mark. Mark Getzinger, welcome. And I like welcome. Yes. Uh, Mark says, I'm DMing a 5e game where players are around 8th level and all the feats, extra actions, etc. is getting exhausting when trying to challenge them. Ooh, ooh, what's, the one, what's the one class in 5th edition? Or maybe there's a couple of them that have all the interrupts. I remember you talking about that. Isn't that... Okay, that was well. That was my thirteenth age game where I had a well, lot. I thought it happened in fifth edition. Oh, it wasn't interrupt actions exactly. It was the spell, oh, huh? No, go ahead. The spell, um, where you where you cause a spell being cast to fail. Counterspell. Counterspelling back and forth. Yeah, yeah. that was a pain in the butt. Crazy, but yeah, I think Mark makes a good point. Um, mm-hmm. There, and I think. I don't know what it is. Maybe I was so comfortable in first and second that I never worried about it. And at one point in third edition, I was comfortable too. But I think I think uh, I've DM'd 5e from one to ten, and it got 
a little boring at 10th level because they were pretty much, like Max said, unbeatable. But it's also because I didn't put the time in to really think about how to challenge the players other than the next adventure. And I think at high-level play, 9th, 10th, 15th, 20th, every session, you can play every session, but I think you have to be willing to actually, like Max said, know the player characters, know what motivates them, what makes them think. If Joe's wizard is all about building this awesome staff of power, keep putting challenges in front of him. Not just, not just maybe um, I need this component, which is one good one, but maybe, you know, it's got to be this time of year when you get one shot every decade and you need mm-hmm. to prepare yourself and you got to have nine acolytes around you, you know, but you, but that requires the DM to think about it. I don't, which, you know, begs another question we'll get to in a minute, but it kind of begs the question, does, does high-level play uh, even work? I mean, well, here's, here's what I mean. If you as a DM have to the, – the group has to work that hard to make it happen. You can't play weekly more – because you can't really play more and more dungeon crawls. You can, but it gets silly. Well, some people would say that the dungeon crawl is D&D. That's hmm. bro, bro SR. That's mm-hmm. one of the bro SR things. Uh, canned adventures, uh, not canned. Um, off the cuff adventures, where uh, it's all you know, the dice determine everything, including what you're getting ready to fight, or if you're fighting. So that that goes all the way up to high level for these guys. But I think the problem with D and D, especially, well, I think all all editions that I've played, yeah, high level play was not ever really play tested and not really considered uh, in design. And I think that there's some evidence, especially for Gygax, Gygaxian era D&D, mm-hmm. uh, that many of those folks never, um, they were like, why are you playing over ninth level? That doesn't make any sense. Even though they built character abilities to go past ninth level. Um, so it's kind of weird. It's weird. I, I remember hearing that and thinking that's weird because you have, especially in the early game, there wasn't a cap. There wasn't a 20th level where you stop. Mm-hmm. It was just however far. Most of the character abilities stopped by then or well before, but you uh, you still got hit points and all that. So um, I don't think it was well-designed. And I, uh, for mid to high level play, it's really better designed at the lower end of the character level spectrum. Uh, other, because you do have to do a lot yep. to challenge you, the, the monsters, I mean, uh, ancient, huge red dragon in first or second edition, how many hit points they had 80, mm-hmm. 88 in first edition. 88, first edition. Red Dragon, that's weak sauce. Yeah, mid-level, you're going to trash that dragon. Yeah, Mid seventh to high. Party, yeah, seventh-level party is going to kick its teeth in. Right. A couple of comments. Uh, Shadow and Sun made a couple of good ones. He, if you look at 757, uh, he said, just add a couple of hundred to a couple of thousand hit points. I mean, you can do that. Does that increase the fun? Maybe. Okay, a couple hundred, maybe. Um, I think adding hit points... I understand adding hit points because that gets you more mileage out of the monster. They can actually maybe bring some of their abilities to bear because if you walk in as a high level party and you just uh, one shot everything, they never really get to use any of their abilities unless you ambush the the the, uh, the party, which is hard to do sometimes at mid to high level because of you know character abilities and magic and whatnot. 
I think all this stuff that you're trying to talk about, I think that's the main reason that uh, that people don't play high level because it takes serious work. I mean, let, well, me, let me share something here. Yeah. I got a screen here. Screen share. Yes. Modules are a cure, potentially. But most modules, especially now at fifth, in 5th fifth edition, from what I understand, most of them are... Um, you need me to add that? Yes. Should I make that bigger, probably? Does that help at all? I would going? move it over a little bit. You can't see the... Um, okay. you, can see, you can't see the tier one thing very well. It's kind of off to the side. Um, there we go. Okay. And by the way, before, I'll come back to this. Tier... Tier three is eleven to sixteen. Tier tier four is a seventeen to twenty, and I believe this is a fifth edition tier of play. But for just right yeah. now, let's just let's agree that's high level, and almost sixty three percent are at tier one levels one to five. You don't even get to eleventh level. Eleventh level and higher is barely over ten percent. Right. So, um, my thought is, I think probably you may see what. Oh, what was his name? Mark, Mark Getzinger, and some of the others have said, and, and Max, you know, it just becomes more of a chore. Um, I did experience burnout um, with three uh, point X, uh, but I also fixed that in Pathfinder. But because I, um, uh, I tried to uh, just write what was important. I didn't keep all the stats, and I just made the monster, like I said before, do what I wanted to do. But again. That's reinventing the wheel. It would be nice if there would be a D&D edition where high level, mid-level, you know, levels 1 to 10 was fun, levels 10 to 15 was fun, and 15 or higher was fun. It'd be nice if they could do that. Right, without it just being the bigger orc, because that's one of our friends was like, it's just a bigger orc. Is that really, yeah. is that really exciting? Well, I don't know. I well, maybe I, I was an experienced player at Gen Con one year and played a second level game, uh, second edition AD and D game. This one group, uh, they had done several uh, really cool events, and this one was a wilderness encounter. They had a, a massive table layout, and we fought these orcs. They called them black orcs, and there was a bunch of them. We were eighth level characters. We thought, eh, it's going to be easy. They had sixty to eighty hit points apiece. So to give a nod to Shadow, that seemed to make them interesting. And at the moment, we thought, oh, pretty cool. And we played for years and years. Right. Um, and uh, I have to agree somewhat with Bruce here. Yeah. High-level Pathfinder works. You have to have things on speed dial, but you can have a game from 12 to 20 and have fun. And we, we, we played high-level Pathfinder, and we had fun. Yes. However, yep. you did things different from the book. For sure. For sure, and in the, I think the the what a lot of people don't like about Pathfinder is gigantic stat blocks, especially at um, high level. Um, but it works as long as you everybody at the table is pretty conversant with the rules and their characters. But that's what he means. I believe that's what he means by speed dial. Yeah, you can't be looking up stuff all the time. You got to know. What you want to do? I mean, if you have a group of five 18th level characters uh, in Pathfinder, and you got two or three that are flipping through the book, or I don't know what I did last week, it's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I'll be honest with you, I got several players in our extended group, 
I would not invite to a high-level game. I would not want to be part of the game. It just right. takes too long. It'd be ridiculous. I would handpick people if I was going to run a high-level campaign. Um, Bruce just called you a hero. <laughs> so heroes do, Joe. They fit, I think so. But they fit gonna, the game for their table. I'm going to disagree. I don't think Pathfinder is the best for high-level play. Um, I think, honestly, a game with less rules is better for high-level play. Um, I like a game like maybe Beck Me or original D&D followed by first or second edition. And again, having said less rules, I know there's a million and a half rules in the 2E Player's Handbook and DM's Guide that we just ignored. That's harder to do in a Pathfinder game because the rules are so tightly connected. When I say Pathfinder, I include your favorite version of third edition. So let's call it all 3.x. And I think it's really hard. So what you have to do, or at least what we did, and what I would do if I was running high-level Pathfinder is say, players, you follow the rules. Okay. Yeah. You make your characters follow the rules, and I will follow your rules. But I'm going to create monsters the way I want to create monsters, and they're going to have bonuses to things because I want them to have bonuses to things. And you're going to have to deal with it some way, and find a way to overcome it. I'm not going to say, "Well, I have this particular feat." Okay, but this monster can block this because that's how he's built. He cannot right. be tripped. Sorry about your luck. Yes, his spell resistance is 46. Deal with it. <laughs> you know exactly and yeah. in, in high level games you got to do that yeah um sometimes uh the the spellcaster's got to take a uh, back seat or buff the player the 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 um care other characters uh not try to do direct damage that's in in 3x and pathfinder that's the best way to go anyway oh yeah dude our peeps out here they are common and awesome bruce 807 dig what he says I got to get to Mark. Limit, Limit. <laughs> the F out of PF. <laughs> so just play P, not PF. That is the problem with three X and Pathfinder is oh, the sorry. is the um, gigantic amount of um, of I, it's not core. There's a there's a phrase I always use, but I can't remember it right now. A lot of a lot of material out there that is official that everybody wants to play and mush it all into one into one uh, world. It's ridiculous. It's stupid, really. Yeah. And Shadow, and his, if you could show the next two right in a row, they're good. Shadow says, yeah, know the adventure or details for the night until you know you're ready. But at the same time, know your players and be ready for them to go in opposite direction, the drop of a hat. By, my, by the time my players got to 10th level, I knew what they were going to bite on and what they weren't. It's not hard, especially with our crew, with me there. All you have to do is have uh, some some um, somebody to save, mm -hmm. or some town to save, or whatever. Do something. Here's some hero heroism for you to do. I'm in. Yep. Mark, get Mark Gutsinger uh, here. Getzinger here. Sorry, Mark. Even go ahead. Bring it. Even when you try to run appropriate, this is Mark Getzinger. Getzinger. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, it looks German. Uh, even when trying to run appropriate level modules, PCs still are steamrolling through some parts. Good job in pr uh, pronouncing my last name correctly. Very few do that. Yeah. Um, we don't like appropriate level encounters here. Right. But I feel, Mark. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Even in Pathfinder, if you grab a level seven to nine adventure, which usually means you're starting at seven, ending at nine, or fifth edition the same way, I think fifth edition, you definitely. Fifth edition in general, Mark, my opinion is it is easy mode. Pathfinder, because if players are min-maxing, and I'm not against it, but if you get very proficient players, they will build characters that will smoke 
the official modules into the ground because they are not built for proficient players. They're built for basically they're assuming everybody's kind of a noob. Average. And, and they try to build characters based on a theme or a narrative or some sort of like cool story element. And you don't necessarily have to be min-maxed out to the nines as long as you have good strategy and you can think on your feet. That makes a difference too. And I don't know how you can calculate that into appropriate level encounters. Yeah. If you just use numbers, that doesn't work. Because, no. because sometimes those numbers are out of whack and sometimes you have really – uh, well, a good, a good, uh, well-oiled machine party who knows what they're doing, and you can't account for that. And to be fair, in midstream three point five, I did sort of randomly pick a monster that was CR appropriate, and my party was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, I was yeah. doing nothing special. Yeah, so CR, sometimes. And most of the designers admit CR is more of an art than a science, even though Joe and I aren't fans of it. I don't think you can rely on that. Mm-mm. You have to know your characters, your players, your players and your characters. Yeah. High level. And you have to just you can take a module, but be prepared. You're like, they're going to fight this ogre. He's got 80 hit points. Nah, he's got 260 hit points is what he's got. AC 18. Nah, 24. You make him make him an ogre magi, too. Yeah. An ogre an magi. Ogre magi. Yeah. He's a special ogre. He's, he, he learned some magic. I mean, you have to do that to challenge them. So, I mean, if that's what you want to do, if you want it to be an easy encounter, then run it as is. Because I can tell you, my players, if I write a module straight up as it is, they're pretty much going to roll it. And that's not really for min-maxing because we are we have a varying degree of that within our group of people who play. It's, yeah. it's less that and more we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and we don't even really use proper squad-level tactics, really. We use it. Really. I think we're probably 50-50. Yeah. And um, so if you have people that are in there uh, that have better, even better tactics than we do, and ours aren't great, they're just they're good enough. And uh, and we've been playing for how long? Yeah. So now I wonder now you guys that are here, uh, I've seen several that mentioned they like playing high level. Is there anybody that doesn't like besides I know Max doesn't if if he doesn't like high level D&D. D and D, right? He looks, so yes. We're going to get to other games, but D and D sounds like Mark uh, is struggling a little with it, and I think that's, I think that's a little bit of a function of the game. But I don't think Five E is immune to being, to being uh, tinkered with to make it uh, uh, sing at high level. Go ahead. What did Martinson say? Spellcaster should always take a back seat. <laughs> Dude, it's about magic, baby. They're always going to rule. As much as I hate it, they are. What, what can you do? I don't really hate The it. game is... <sighs> it's about magic, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's the in some versions of the game, they're squishier than others. So if yeah. you, uh, you know, if you, you get, if you can get face-to-face and swing your big sword, he's going to go down. The spellcaster is. I mean, almost no doubt. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think for high level, it's it's... DM, DM gets the, he always has more of the burden, but it becomes more significant once the players get 12, 13, 14, 15th level. You got to know they can travel the planes. They can teleport in a moment's notice, probably the whole party. They can do crazy stuff. So be ready for it. And make, and make, and I've, I remember reading this in Dragon Magazine. Dude, make them use those cool powers. Yeah. Yeah. You. How come you want to, I want you to teleport the whole party. How come? Because there are 34 pit fiends bearing down on you through a portal. I think you better teleport. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, do stuff like that to them so they have to do that crap. And then the wizard be like, dude, I'm glad I memorized group teleport. Right. And, you know, the other thing is, is the, the DM needs help when you get to mid to high level by you knowing your character and their capabilities. Yeah. Right. You know your character. You're not, you don't have your nose in a book trying to figure out what you're doing. You don't say, oh, I don't know how this ability works. Uh, the DM should say, at that point, the DM should say, okay, next. <laughs> You just skip them in the initiative order. You need to know what, what your character can do. You need to know how it works. And that will help high-level play a lot. Um, there are some people, though, that just don't like it. They like low-level. Yeah, and that's and that's going to be the... <laughs> I think a lot... Tell me if I'm wrong, folks. Now, we got some OSR folks in here. But I hear a lot, a lot of podcasts I listen to and... Um, uh, the YouTube videos I watch, uh, OSR is kind of fond of the old first to five or well, one to eight maximum. I went on some discords and posed that question in various forms over the last maybe year and a half. And what I get is some people prefer it. There's some preference there for low level. Mm -hmm. And for various reasons, doesn't really matter. Uh, the other thing is some people would say, I would like high level if I could find the time to, and uh, the campaign that we're in lasts that long. But they peter out for a lot of different reasons. Um, and that's a different issue, how to keep the, it alive if you want to. Uh, so I think there's preference, there's opportunity. And uh, probably it's wrapped up into those two. Okay. Uh, Darth makes a comment. You'll probably appreciate it. 8.14 p.m. Joe, check that out. Right about Shadow and Son. I think Joe would agree with this. Uh, Darth Theek, to be honest, for my friends, high-level play is 21+. plus. We consider 1 to 10 low, 11 to 20 mid. <laughs> That's wow. hilarious. Yeah. Well, um, and it probably doesn't even matter what edition, but if you're going 1E, 2E, or old D&D, &D, well, old D&D, &D, like Beckme, um, well, that's two different things, but Beckme, uh, you go to 36 plus, and then first and second, I'm pretty sure. Unless second, Did second edition put the 20 level thing in there? Or was it um, unlimited? Like second, first edition, there's no actual limit to what level you can get to. I think second edition had a... 20th level cap written on the in the player's handbook but um but was it 20 plus might was it that. like the experience point chart i can't remember i don't have the books anymore but well, i know 30 went yeah i'm gonna say 30 was 20 that was it let me grab it i got my player's handbook right here um and <laughs> bruce 20 is mid-level those are rookie numbers <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about um, so I guess, uh, you're looking at where did it have the experience point chart? Each, each class has its own chart, right? I think second edition still had that. Yeah. The third edition is where it changed. So um, rogue goes to 20 and stops. Um, but what is uh, the, what does the XP chart say? The XP chart for a wizard says opposite 20, 10 plus 10 hit dice, 3 million, 750,000. Okay, so 
Second oh. edition is where they stopped. So Mark Getzinger says another problem is YouTube channels offering up game-breaking combos that you can't stop players from seeking out. Uh, I'm about done with 5e, and I think I have to go with C and C and BX. And uh, Beckney is uh, good, too. Yeah, BX is basically a version of Beckney. I told him BX would be, if I was choosing between those two, I would lean toward BX, but I definitely got to get Castles and Crusades at my table because I think, first of all, I think Joe would enjoy it. I do. And I think it would have enough of a third edition feel that he would like it. Um, but it's got a lot of things. I, I don't know in general. I'm looking at the player's handbook here, mm-hmm. second edition. Um, there might be rules in the back about going beyond um, – 20th level. 20th level, but in the ro- in the books, official books, in the in the class descriptions, everybody stops at 20. Um, so, yeah, at least according to the chart, that's not Randy reading every every single class. So, um, you know, there's there's kind of but that uh, little pie chart I showed you, that's not good because I know Wapsy had said that in third edition. And I think in fourth and in fifth now. So I'm not sure we're ever going to get good rules beyond 10th level because that, because that literally tells them no one's playing it. Why should I care? Right. Right. So make high level as dumb, as broken as we want. Who cares? Don't really test it. Um, Okay. So there's a spell that I like as a player because I, it'll, it'll wreck as a a spellcaster wizard. It can wreck um, bad guys, especially big dumb giants. And that is Magic Jar. Yes. How, however, if you want to wreck a campaign, you can do it very easily as well. Yeah. I mean, depending on the ramifications that the DM has put in place for there being magic in the game. So yeah. if there's no real consideration and it's just, you know, um, kings have castles and guards and whatnot, uh, uh, sufficiently uh, a leveled wizard, ninth can walk in and with some perhaps some uh, um, some um, trial and error might have to you know be a hasty retreat out of some towns you could easily run things yep within a, a month probably maybe shorter yeah and it, locally and then you can could just hop around to different people and eventually, Perhaps be you know the head cheese, without having to buy anything. Just cast your your uh, magic jar. I mean, there's some um, there's some protections. Like if let's say uh, the king uh, of the realm had a ring that constant had a constant protection from evil on him. Well, then you couldn't magic jar him because you can't possess someone with a uh, ring of protection or with a uh, protection from evil. They can't be possessed. Um, and stuff like you might have some people with some protections, but if the DM hasn't really thought that through and you just roll in there and say, yep, yeah, I'm taking over this place. Sure. It wouldn't be that hard. Well, here's the thing though. Then as a DM, I would say, cause see, I, I won't ban magic jar. And Joe's told me this before. And I'm like, yeah. And if Joe decided to do that, I'd be okay. Good for you. But I would immediately start thinking reasonable ways. If that spell exists, Joe's wizard's not the first one to think about this. Can't be. And he has control of this village. Okay. It's eventually going to get out. And if it doesn't, then Joe's living in a, kind of an insular life in this small village. Now, if he's controlling a big city, it's going to get out. King, you know, 
King Ravenlock is not acting the way that he should. He's acting crazy. What has happened to him? And eventually, and if there's like an, not an Elminster, but another wizard who's a good friend of the kingdom, they'll be like, huh, that's odd. And so when he comes to visit, or maybe he visits in, you know, shape change form and just studies and goes, oh, that magic is interesting. I don't think that's the king. Right. I'm going to get some buddies and we're going to take care of this. <laughs> you know, so, not, so immediately, not immediately. I, I would let Joe have his fun, dude. I'd let him dominate until I felt like it was enough time where, you know, maybe he, I, I'd watch Joe. So if you got, if you were starting to get a little bored, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm dominating everything and I'm doing this. I'm so cool. And when he got really comfortable, that's when I'd bring it in. Now, I wouldn't necessarily try to kill Joe, but he'd probably expel him and Joe would be, huh? Now he's got something to think about. He's yeah. got a foe. Okay, he's watching. And that dude, that wizard's going to be watching Joe now because Joe, that's a dangerous wizard. You know, and, and depending on his alignment and depending on what heinous things Joe's wizard makes the king do, he may kill him. He may try to right. kill Joe. Sure. I, mean, I think that's, that's fun, though. That, what I mean by fun is that's how you run high level. You have right. to let you have to react to what the players do, and you can't worry so much about, you know, oh, they steamrolled this encounter. Yeah, they did, and it's okay. You know, when they're 18th level, if you have 30 orcs show up, don't expect those 30 orcs to do much. Right. Oh, you can well. you can use those steamrolled encounters as learning as a DM on mm -hmm. what your character, yeah. what your what the party is capable of, and then you know later on have a a, a different encounter. That might look similar, but then you you throw a few ringers in there. All bets are off when you're DMing. I look at Darth's comment uh, at eight twenty. It's a good one. Um, he says, um, "I'm fine with PC builds with my players as long as it fits the game." That being said, none of them try to break my games more than once. That's the part I want to talk about. I can almost always make something to smash them easily. Sure, you know, I've been lucky. I got a handful of players. Some of my buddies I like. They love to surprise me. Joe's not one of them. Joe's never been a guy that's like, oh, I got a plan for Magic Jar. Randy's going to hate this. He's not that kind of player. He, he would be more like, dude, I've been thinking about this. This could happen. And if I'm like, and if he did that, I'd, I would rather him not, honestly, sometimes I really wouldn't tell me because then I could react more naturally. You know, now in the old days, Joe knows I would react like, oh, that's broken. But now right. I'm like, good job. You know, you, you won the day. Awesome. XP, gold, good job. Now I'm going to think about, I'm going to find a way to get around that because D&D is too versatile. You can't protect yourself perfectly. No. And uh, with that one spell, my character, any of my characters probably wouldn't do any of the no, game breaking no. thing. I would just say, okay, well, we thought this encounter was going to suck, mm -hmm. but I just magic jarred the, the head giant and yeah. he just jumped off a cliff. <laughs> Don't even have to fight him, you know, necessarily. And now you control the giant clan because they're like, holy crap. I just made your dude, your king, jump off a cliff. I think you're going to – I'm the new king. I'm the king. And they'd be like – You only come up to our ankles. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Do you want to live? <laughs> yeah. My friend with his warpal sword could cut your ankles off, so it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I let – I use that stuff to be successful as a player, but I don't look to ruin a campaign. Right. It's so fun. Well, look at Shadow's comment, the very last one, the A25. Right. This is interesting. Um, players try to break, try to break my game. Have the other players to deal with, not just an angry DM. That's good. Yeah, 
that shows you, you, you everybody wants a campaign to be fun. But you know what? Sometimes you can break a game, especially in a game like 3.x or Pathfinder. There can be a combo that a player could create that doesn't realize just how wicked it is when he gets in the game. It might have any, and that's where I think not testing high level. But again, I don't say toss it out unless it really is so broken that it could never be defeated, which I don't know if I would even, I'm not sure if that exists. Maybe. Maybe. As but a DM, yeah. As a DM, there's no combo that can defeat me always. No. no. I, have, I have carte blanche. I can, my monsters do whatever I want them to do. They have the power that says defeat whatever you're doing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. How about your luck? <laughs> right and you know the king of the wind elementals <laughs> if all else fails king of the wind elementals yes right. that's to my leave this room you must give me one each magic item yeah and i agree with shadow no measly combo is going to rule my game that's no. right bring it on baby combo your combo your butt off <laughs> so what do you think of the tears of play uh and, and i don't want to go through all this but i thought it was interesting that um it said, and I didn't hear any chat of this until third edition, really. The rules sure. talked about the characters doing some stuff, higher level adventures. Um, but in 3.x, back in 2007, I had this quote from Ryan Dancy. He was one of the, I don't know if he was a creator. I think mean, he was a creator of 3.5, but he was on board. He did the whole, he was the first to suggest the open game license. And he said, D&D 3, 3.5 by design changes roughly every five levels. Huh. Who said that? You may find that your group becomes comfortable in one of those four quartiles, or you may find that your group enjoys the changes of pace that happens in moving from quartile to quartile. And so his statement on Ian World, you can find this. I don't know if Joe will provide the link, but levels one to five, he considered gritty fantasy. This was what three five was supposed to be. Six to ten, heroic fantasy. Eleven to fit eleven to fifteen. What's that? Wushu? Is that what Wuxia? It, look, it looks like it's Wookiea. Is that how you say Wook, it? Wuxia. Wuxia. I think. I don't know how you say it. And then levels 16 to 20 was superheroes. Um, and I think that translates to me to the spells. I said it before. Spells 0 to 2, 3 to 4, 6 to 7, 8 to 9. Things change. Yeah. You know, the game changes at those levels. So um, I think tiers of play, do you think they're useful in, in, in the game itself to talk about that? I think it is. Well, from um... – in the in this kind of venue where we're talking about things, yes, uh, at the table, it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't know if they're specifically useful when you're at the table playing. No. When you're having discussions about things, then you can say low level. Before, back in the day, it was just low level, mid level, high level. We didn't have, to, it wasn't broken down. We didn't break it down any farther than that. And, uh, but it was, it's still useful. In discussions, where where do you like to play at? Low level, sure. We all like low level. Okay, well, you don't have to you don't have to really get too fine fine grained in that. And I think we're at the end there. I think for our group, me and Joe especially, I like to jump from tier to tier. I like to see that progression. And mm-hmm. I, honestly, right now, I wasn't for the longest time. I'm kind of keen on first level. Just start out level one and see how far we can get. You know, I like playing the whole game, uh, yeah. but especially with um, with D and uh, with certain editions of it, I've played low level a lot. Yeah, but I so I prefer to get through low level a little more rapidly. Right, uh, but I think, I think you still would probably prefer to have your character begin at one, 
but maybe get through one, two, three, four, five pretty quick. It's hard to um, it's hard to um, know your character well if you don't. Mm-hmm. What it's capable of give, well, in, within the within the construct of the campaign. I mean, you can look at the you can look at what a wizard does and say, I know what that is, but you don't really know what that means within you know this particular campaign because you just don't know until you're you're in there. And then, you know, we have the example of Pathfinder. I, mean, I think we talked about it before that super mythic game we ran where you guys had 20th level characters with 10 mythic tiers. And I really, because we, we just rolled them up. You guys, you guys spent the previous year from one cabin con to the next, essentially making those characters, not, not the whole time, but most people spent hours and hours making those characters. And I spent a lot of time on my monsters, but I really was not prepared <laughs> I mean, I was right. not ready for what you guys could do. And it would have been a lot more fun playing them than just grinding numbers. Yeah, Bruce makes playing a good, them up. Bruce makes a good point there at eight thirty. Check that out. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Mythic is just rocket tag. Yeah, I know. Um, three five had their had the high level handbook, and we didn't really care for that. It was it was just bigger numbers and and yeah. more of the same. Yeah, and, instead of armor classes topping out at 40, they were topping out at 120. And they yeah. tried, the Pathfinder's Mythic book tried to not do that exactly. Right. But, um, so they did things a little differently, but it still ended up, um, still ended up being the rocket tag thing. Yeah, I actually had bought a book at Gen Con uh, in preparation for Cabin Con next year. I bought a third-party Mythic tier monster manual, talked to the guy who designed it, mm-hmm. well, really good pulled a few monsters out of it and they were garbage i mean they were cool but the group just completely smoke city i mean to be honest with you joe's wizard pretty much did everything well and that's the thing we we didn't like have 20th level characters with a tier of mythic or 20th level characters and then adventure to gain that tier we made 20th level characters with all 10 level levels of mythic so um it's just like regular D and D, they don't really design the high level monsters that well to face a twentieth level party. No, and, no. and mythic mythic plus ten, they don't have anything for that, not really. And you you uh, templated the hell out of something, and oh, I did. yeah, and we just kicked it, we kicked its teeth in. Now, granted, the first yeah, first initiative roll on the the main baddie, my character bit the dust, kind of. Oh yeah, but, but I ha- but with the mythic, the, all the mythic things, I could just roll it back essentially and say, yeah, restart, and um, we'll do that over again. Action. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and which can be a pain in the butt for the DM, but it also turned a um, instant death into not instant death. You know, once a day, once a day when you die. Yeah, <laughs> fourth edition. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Do you think this is a good question? Oh, Cliff Flavin's gone. I'm I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Do you think maybe there shouldn't be rules beyond just here's some cool crap that happens at high level. Do what you want. Meaning, like, give the spells, give some little bit of rules, but say, is do you have it? Have, has anybody seen a D and D or a D and D clone that has made high level? easily playable just running it out of the book i haven't not running out of the book you have to you have to invest time in in it to uh make it right for your table 
That's yeah. that's just all there is to it. I agree. That's all there is to it. Unless you don't care about how easy um, the things can get, you can just run things right out of the books. You can have you're frozen, uh, frozen kind of. Yeah, you're dead. You are. Frozen. Yeah, yeah, we're both we're we're both frozen on each other's ends. Oh, uh, wonder what that <laughs> is. Because I'm frozen to you, you're frozen to me. Looks like. Yeah. Hey guys, would you say that I'm frozen or Joe? Or can you guys tell? Yeah, Joe's and your frozen. and your audio is all garbled too. So is yours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what the deal is. Can our? Oh, Joe. I think I'm here. here. I'm here. You got the you got the scowl of disappointment. But that's frozen. I'm moving. Uh, you meaning I think Randy. I think Randy is moving according to dark. Is that correct? No one is frozen, Jesse. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything looks good on their end. Let's keep rolling, baby. Yeah, let's just keep going. So whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm not sure so. what it is. Okay. Thanks, guys. I'm not sure. So, um, so um, where are we at? Um, well, we're talking about so at the game design, and I'm leading this to Mudsort a little bit. Okay. Uh, Mudsort is our... Um, Oh, Bruce said yours seemed messed up, but who knows? Anyway, Mudsword, which is a game we've started and then kind of put it on hold a little bit. I think you might be back, Joe. Talk. No. Yes. You're talking, Talk. but your face, face is frozen. But um, do you think it's... Okay, how about I do this? I'm going to jump out and jump back in. You keep talking. Oh. Okay, I keep talking. So our Mudsword game, which was originally a... Honestly, was originally designed and are play tested for about two or three months as a um, D and D clone, and it was a lot closer to a three point X or ascending AC BX game with a little wrinkles. Uh, then we decided we don't want to be going to make a clone; we want to make our own game. And I'm trying to decide, uh, and not just me, but me and Joe, I want to bounce this off in the night. Should we make rules for high level or should our high level play be pretty loosey goosey? We can give all the cool spells and magic items. This is what high level adventurers might run into, you know, and give them some things, but don't make special rules for high level play. Let DMs after level 10, 12, 15 make your own crap up because you're going to have to because these spells are going to break things. I, Just be ready. You're back. You look good. Okay, good. For a dude. Well, I can't help how I was made. That's who you are. I mean, I'm not a biologist, but I'm going to assume your gender. So, um, <gasps> yes, I'm doing it. I feel confident as a mathematician. I'm going to calculate the odds that you are a male. So, um, you just freeze again, dude. Did I? Yeah, for, Did a, I? Second. for a second. Anyway, what do you, did you, I don't know if you heard me, Joe. The idea was Mud Sword. Do you think if we ever get back to that as our own game, I was telling everybody, give them a recap of our original thought processes and how we're leaning toward our own game now. Or at least I am. Maybe Joe's not. And if we build it, you know, give spells and magic items and other things. But don't tell the DMs how to run high level. Tell them these spells and magic items are going to do things to your campaign. Be ready. And you have to decide where it's going to go. Well, I don't know if we were to make a product and sell it. I don't know that giving them a bunch of uh, pieces, parts, and saying, I don't know what to do with this, but there you go. Right. That's no. what, that's kind of what Gygax did. 
True. He didn't really tell you what to do except, hey, domain play. And they love him. Yeah. We could be oh. guys. We could be guy X Narnison. We'll have to have we'll have to become enemies soon though. We'll split. I'll I'll try to make a mud sword, advanced mud sword, without putting your name on it. And then you can get mad and sue me and I owe you millions of dollars. How does that sound? Right. Okay. That sounds good. Hold on a second. My wife was talking to me and you oh. were talking and I couldn't hear you both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, apparently uh our um internet here has gone the poop way of the poop side. So what I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna do is I'm going to jump back out, reset all my crap, and come back in. Finally, the Randy show. So you just you just talk. You're good at that. So yeah. teacher man. So I will be back. Yep. Will I be able to show your comments when Joe's gone? Probably not. Hmm. Yeah, you should be you should have the ability to do so. Can oh. you do that right now? I'm clicking on it. I can't. I can't oh, show them that's the weird. Edit audio, edit name, remove stream. Now this is boring. Okay, what about this? I'll just want, I'll, I'll just comment. So, um, Jesse T, what about a simple structure where the DM and players can build within it? I love that idea, Jesse. Um, most players though, some of they want lots of rules. And Shadow and Sun said, at the DM, we have to make up everything anyways. What's a little more? Sorry, I can't put them on the screen, guys, because well. Joe won't give me control. He's kind of a control nut. I don't know what to do with that dude. But um, do you guys, do you think there's a disconnect with the OSR? I think there is. I think the OSR, for the most part, and I, I know some of you guys are OSR people, but it seems like all the streams, all they ever talk about is low-level play. You don't get much info on high-level play. So I'm not sure. Um, I was... As I was thinking about old school D&D, I remember pushing to get to super high level. So I don't know why people would just want to naturally stop. Um, and I know Joe often complains about many clones in OSR games like Essentials and stuff. Old school Essentials, I'm rambling. Um stopping at lower levels. So I think the first book is 14th level. So he may be off there. Um, yeah. Shadow. I know you're definitely about high level and Darth is. Um, oh, web warrior 1.0. OSR is not for me. I have discovered. I like to build a world for my players and I'm excited for them to get to high level if they survive. <laughs> right. Right. I like that too. I'm with you. Um, I don't know. What have your experiences been like? Um, my experience of high level has been actually really good. I've played it and had great times. Um, when you've been a player, have you had good high level experiences or or not? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. For, for me, I've had multiple campaigns that have gone at least 1 to 20 in... I won't say every edition of the game, but pretty close. 1E, 2E, multiple in third edition. Fifth edition, not yet, and probably never because I'm not as inclined to play 5E. So I think my experiences have been very good with high level. Um, I don't know how most people... I don't know, but it would be tough to... Gosh, I guess we have to go with Watsi's statement, so... 
Web Warrior says OSR may not be adversarial to high level, but the people around it seem to never talk about it. Seems to me that they love low level and grit. Yeah, it does seem like it. Well, we got a couple of OSR folks here. I know Shadow, you play mostly second edition, right? Um, I don't know who else on here plays OSR stuff. Legion, second edition guy, I believe. And um, Legion doesn't play high level much. I mean, I don't know if Max is still listening, but he, his claim is he doesn't like high level D&D, or at least he doesn't want to play that to mid to high level. Um, it could be a, grit, a gritty feel. And if you want a gritty feel, D&D after, definitely after fifth or sixth level in uh, OSR doesn't have that. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Shadow, 1A with a little 2E added. Bruce just wants to have D8 hit points forever. Yeah. So Legion, you don't uh you don't play uh high level DD. You do you peter out around seventh, eighth, tenth level? Is that when you kind of say, look, campaign's over, starting over, if you were into DD. And I think you play 2E, right? Um I think I do want to start. Um yeah, Darth, I'm with you. I'd like to play 2E again, but I want to get to high level and plane travel. Yeah. Big Planescape fan, but you can plane travel even if you don't do the Planescape stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's I played many of my high level games through the Planescape uh, setting. Allowed characters to bounce all over the multiverse, which was fun. Um, trying to think here. If I if I pushed you, says Legion says as a player around level 14 to 15 gets to be too much for my taste. As a DM level 12 is where the chaos starts. So too much, too much for your taste. Hmm. Too much work on your end. Is that what you mean? Too many bits and bobs, bells and whistles, levers to turn, things to keep track of. Um, and if you really dig into a high level game, it takes away your time from any other game, right? I'm, I'm going to talk about, quote-unquote, high level in a little bit. But if you get to um, – if you play levels, you know, 1 to 20 a campaign like that and you stick to it every week or every two weeks, you don't have much time for anything else. Or Well, I wouldn't. I only have time for one game. So I'm not sure I would be able to do any other game. And all these stinking books on my shelves would never get any use, which is mostly what's happened <laughs> – Mostly been D and D. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that would be a good poll. When Joe gets back on here, I may have to bounce that off him. Okay, I want to go ahead and jump into now um, talking about high level high level play. Um, oh, see, Armin says above twelfth level is tough on settings based on realism. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't put your comments up. I don't know how to make that happen on, on my end. I don't have the power. Um, tough on settings. I guess if your setting is just based on a prime material world, in a standard world, maybe. But um, I've never had an issue feeling like my world couldn't handle 13th, 14th, 20th level characters. Um, not that there's bunches of them running around. Uh um, I'm not sure about that. 
Um, I, I think I would probably be okay with, I mean, I know I am okay with that, but I could see if you're concerned about realism, I'm not sure if realism doesn't go out the door, Iron Man, much earlier than 12th level. I mean, realism probably goes out the door when you can get to where you can even teleport. Yeah. Legion says, well, I don't believe in being a lazy DM. I also don't want it to be work. Yeah, not not a second job. What I present is challenging without being under overpowered. Yeah. And sometimes, like I said before, you know, I just throw an encounter out there and I might find out that it was too weak. And I say, good for the players. Well done. The next one might be tougher. Um, so, um, let's transition now and get away from D and D. And I want to talk about other game systems and what high level even means, right? So something like Call of Cthulhu, not that I've played much Call of Cthulhu, World Darkness, Earth Dawn Max, what's that high level? Other D and D style games. I know one 13th age, um, Savage Worlds has its own kind of power dynamic. Supers games, um, Newtons and Mastermind, whatever. Um, I think high level, high level there, quotations, um, are very different. Maybe very, I can call it Cthulhu. If you're playing an investigator, do you ever, even forgetting the fact that you're probably going to go insane, do you ever really get high level because you're just a dude or a gal. Um, uh, Jesse says he loves Call of Cthulhu. Jesse T, I love Call of Cthulhu. I play it a lot. Does does not have high level. Yeah. Um, What about very experienced? What if you're an investigator that has solved many Cthulhu-esque mysteries? Um, Oh, Legion says Earth Dawn, high circle. Is just Dragon Ball Z level power. Oh, so a bit of crazy sauce. Yeah. So it's it's not unlike D&D then is what you're saying. You just get really super power. What's it called? I never watched Super Saiyan. Is that Dragon Ball Z? Super Saiyan, he does his thing and he's super awesome or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy. I know it's a little anime of crazitude. Um, I know 13th Age... Uh, is a game that handles high-level play well. Well, it handles high-level play consistently. Um, but for some people, that's not great. Um, not much difference between level 10 and level 1. Uh, look like my boy, my boy at Biggest Geek, is Joe is about to get his PC rolling. But 13th Age does a good job of um, balance. Um, and that's maybe not great because you – you're doing bigger stuff. You're casting bigger spells. You're casting Meteor Swarm, and but you're fighting bigger monsters. So a lot of times the challenges always seem to be, for the most part, you know, appropriate. You get the appropriate uh, challenge. So it's more like a well-designed third edition game, balanced through all the levels. Drawback is they go levels 1 to 10, um, but a 10th level 13th age character is a complete and total BA. Um you know, he's he's doing major damage. Um, uh, Legion says it fits the Earth Dawn setting due to the entire world. Yeah, being powered by magic. Yeah, right. Every character is magical. So it would make sense at some point. High level groups are doing super magical badassery every time they turn around. Um, oh, 
One high magic, I play Earth Dawn. D&D is for grit and struggle. Yeah, um, not me. I, I understand. I mean, I've never played Earth Dawn all the way through. I mean, I'm a first circle human thief, so not doing so great so far. But um, D&D has its grit and struggle, but it also has some of its high-level craziness. Um, but I understand you you like that fit. And so I, I can see that. Um, has anybody played a game that's not really – like back to Call of Cthulhu as an example, or World of Darkness. World of Darkness, you get there is high level or not? I'm not sure. I know you get you get more points to spend. The original World of Darkness don't know too much about the others, but you get these points to place into your character, so you get better and better at different things. Um, yeah, I think that would be something that could definitely feel like a high level game. I mean, heck, a vampire you start out already high level, though, don't you? Um, so uh, Jesse says, yeah, you can solve a lot of stuff, but you may not be good at other party roles. There are lots of skills and it's hard to max them out. I'm thinking he's talking about Call of Cthulhu. Uh, page, page seven of the second edition player's handbook. Max, oh, buddy, dude, I have that right here. I'm going to read it. He said page seven is D&D. It's so nice that it's on one page. I'm going to find it. Uh, well, page seven, you mean this, the picture? Is that the page seven you're talking about? That's D&D. We finally killed a dragon, and he's barely bigger than our uh, mule that we had packing our stuff. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of D&D. Uh, but to you, you're saying that's where D&D kind of, that's its thing. Anything outside of that's too much. Great picture, by the way. I think that's the Elmore drawing, right? Looks Elmore. I could be wrong. I'm sure it's one of the horsemen. So, um yeah, yeah. Biggest geek is none of the rest of the pages. Joe saying none of the pages are D&D. I think Max is saying that picture encapsulates to him what D&D is. Uh, Bruce says high, high level first and second edition Warhammer was just mainly a bunch of people um, trying to sneak around with no more fate points, possibly going insane or raped by Zinch. I don't know if that is cultist with tentacles. Good times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, oh, I remember that, Jesse T. World of Darkness controls power by generation for vampires. So other World of Darkness controls much the same way. So it's hard to, is it hard to progress to another generation? Because it's, you got to be super old, right? So that's pretty tough. Or can you ever become a, no, because there's the first generation of vampires right after Cain. So yeah, you either are, you're in your generation period. So you're kind of boxed in. Your power is kind of boxed in. Um Shadow says his world's more like GW, Gamma World Universe meets Rifts, multi-worlds each with their own genre, being able to go from one world to the next pretty easily. Fun times. Um, yeah. Uh, Darth says you are allowed to drain elders and move your generation closer to Kane. Okay. So, yeah, that's a tricky business. Um, yeah, draining a higher, more powerful vamp is a tough, tough business. Um. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know much about Mage. Max is telling us about Paradox. I believe if Patrick was here, he would be going back and forth with Max on that one. He likes, he loves him some Mage. Uh, the Ascension, I believe. Not is that the original Mage the Ascension? I think so. I'm talking to the chat. So, <laughs> but I, I do think. Um, oh, Jesse, you could say Jesse T. You could say World of Darkness controls power. Through, I think, resource restrictions. Okay. 
So being able to, if you can be a vampire who controls a big business, corp, uh, corp Fortune 500, you got big influence in the town, you may eventually get to be the, is it the prince of the city? I think it's been so long since I played. I played like this much vampire. Not really my cup of tea, though I think Vampire Dark Ages was fun. I played a short campaign. Tim Scott's not on here, but he ran that for us for a while. Good times. Um, I think, well, what about superheroes? Um, has anybody play superhero games? I've played several. Savage Worlds is definitely my favorite system. Um, and in the Savage Worlds um, superhero supplement, they talk about tiers of play. Gritty street level, four color, cosmic. Um, <laughs> oh, Bruce, we have our answer with what would happen if Randy had no program manager. You're doing good, Randy. <laughs> well, I'm just going on and on, man. I wasn't ready for this. I was, I'm scared. No, I'm not scared at all. I'm just trying to keep it going. Um, but uh, back to supers. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I think I like I like the idea of street level, but I have more fun in four color. So I think I like mid-level. I've never tried Cosmic. I've never run a Justice League where you've got a Wonder Woman and a Superman and a Green Lantern where they're super powerful uh, in any system. Though I do believe, I do know that Savage Worlds can handle it. It does a good job of that. Um, so high level in that is just the power level of the characters. And you don't, I mean, they have rules in Savage Worlds where you can progress. I, I find that a little weird. I mean, you don't see comic book characters get more powerful. Um, yeah, uh, Jesse T., I don't like superhero RPGs. I get it. It's not for everybody. It took me a while to um, get into it. I ran a super fun one at Cabin Con. Uh, we had a great time, and we were kind of a little better than gritty characters, and it was fun. Um Legion, I've played superhero games, but I'm not really a fan. Not really comic book dude under... Underwear belongs under your clothes. Also, too much pew-pew power for my taste. Fair enough. Um, um, Darth Theic, I've played Mega Heroes and Heroes Unlimited. That's like having a party of super... Oh, wow. What's that like, Darth? Uh, Martinson chimed in. He played in it, uh, street-level characters. We had a great... It was a great session. I've never run a campaign. Not really. Ah, uh, I lied. I did run Necessary Evil, which was fun. Uh Shadow and Sun, none of my supers wear tights. Okay, yeah. Um, that's up to you. I have no problem with it. You guys know I'm a huge comic book fan. Um, I'm saying um constantly. So I think that I ran Necessary Evil where you played in a world where aliens came down. They killed the superheroes. And so the villains had to step in and protect the world. That was a super fun game. We had a really good time. Um, and I believe Martinson played in that as well. So, yeah, and that went from low to high level. Um, I don't know about other games. I mean, what other games really even talk about? Most other games that aren't fantasy don't discuss the idea of a, of a high level, do they? Um, yeah, Bruce, you are correct. Necessary Evil is effing amazing. I'm quoting Bruce. So, uh <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill, baby. It's a superhero. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, 
So I think I'm going to slide into the last, the next segment here. And I got a question for you. Um, and it'd be nice if my boy Joe was on here. If he, she shows up, we might do a little rewind. But what is the highest level, longest lasting campaign you have ever played and enjoyed? I can say for me, I've run uh, level one to 20, a Greyhawk campaign that transitioned to, to Planescape early on when 1E went to 2E. Not right then, but actually 1E to 2E to um, Planescape. And that was probably with those with a few characters, probably a six year campaign. And we played very high levels. Um, I uh, Joe says his PC is up now. You guys can see that. Why am I quoting that for you? My partner's PC is up. Hopefully it'll be up for those that are just watching. I have run a two third edition campaigns from one to 20 and won the third edition campaign from one to 25 plus. Um, that was the quite possibly a tie for the Greyhawk campaign. It was the best campaign ever. It was a campaign I've talked about, uh, the Seven Spheres campaign. Um, one of my two best campaigns for sure. Um, what about you guys? Uh, oh, Jesse T, world's largest dungeon for 3.5, went from one to 20 fighter. Very nice. Bruce. 15th level in Slumbering Czar Saga until my players threw a pitch fit and said something about COVID made me lose my income. And they moved away. I got to get that Slumbering Czar. Martinson. Patrick says hello. We're working together, but he cannot chat. Tell him I said hi. Needed his comments on Mage. Legion, I moved around the world too much. Longest campaign played. One and a half years. AD&D 2E. Got to level nine or ten. Longest run, two and a half years Earth Dawn. Most characters were eighth or ninth circle. I think my first book that I just bought, the fourth edition, that first core book will get me through that. Oh, my partner's here. That was painful. Yeah, slow, huh? Shadow. Well, you did. So I tried to um I tried to just uh restart my computer. That would seem to be the solution. Yeah. And um it was. It had an update signal, an update little thing, and I said, "No, do not update." <laughs> and my computer said, "Screw you, we're updating." We're updating. Just wait, son. I'll get with you in a moment. Yeah. I've kind of made it to segment three, where I'm talking about highest long, highest level, longest lasting campaign. We've had some really good ones. Jesse T played world's largest dungeon from one to twenty. That's a quite a. That's a lot of stamina for a dungeon campaign. Oh sure. Shadow may have the record here. He's saying, I'm running a 25-plus-year-long game with characters in the triple digits for levels and have yet to be stumped for an idea how to challenge them. Yes, death is still a thing. Dig that. Triple-digit characters. So he could play that module, uh, Bloodstone Pass, levels one to levels 18 to 100. Right. I'd like to see that triple-digit. Yeah. Well, you can't use anything stock. No. That's why he was saying thousands of hit points. So. Oh, dude, yeah, Shadow's doing, he's doing Arduin, every combo he can think it's of. Next oh. level. Next level. He's a king of high level. Dark, the longest game I ran was 1 to 20, took three years, played for just over two years, and reached Fighter 12 Mage. Ooh, Fighter 12 Mage 16. Is that a dual class in second edition D&D? If so, that character is a straight-up pimp. Oh, sure. 
Martinson, Seven Spheres. Oh, yeah, baby. Represent. Yeah, so I, I could have played a Max Earthdawn campaign, except he doesn't play 4th edition. Um, Cal played in a three years, 14th level campaign. 5e, our DM got tired of the power creep. Well, 5e can't, characters can't really die, so I understand that. I mean, they can, technically. Yeah, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome. I mean, okay. So. No offense, not any, not, it's, not any, it's not any harder to die in 5e than it is in 13th age. Right, correct. Uh, but 14th level. That's all right, dude. That's some plan. So are you dealing with disintegrate? Because in early editions, disintegrate means, you know, game over. There's no, there's no death saves from disintegrate. You, yeah. Once you lose all your hit points, you're a pile of dust, so it doesn't matter. So I don't know how disintegrate works. How about you, Otherwise, Joe? What is the highest level, longest lasting campaign you ever played and enjoyed? Well, there's a tie with Volsivar making it to 27th level, but you kind of screwed him out of that and bumped him back to 19th because you thought you were being too nice. Well, but yeah, it was fun seven, playing. You had seven artifacts, that's why. <laughs> I did not have seven you, artifacts. Dude, you had the you have Bob Yaga's hut. And all kinds of stuff. I only had a cubic gate. <laughs> true. I don't remember having Baba Yaga's hut. You had a bunch of crap, dude. Uh, a a uh, an interesting magic item that I created uh, to, oh, keep, uh, to keep to uh, keep um, nosy uh, fighters with vorpal swords from cutting my head off. Without yeah, your sweet cloak. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. There's um, seven a spears was pretty uh, pretty groovy. Yeah. And that was a reincarnation of Bolsovar, your same wizard dude. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys have played some pretty sweet high level campaigns. Bruce had some dudes, some crybabies quit over code and so he COVID, so his slumbering czar saga stopped at fifteen. Oh. That was a shame. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um what which is more important? This is for everybody, including Joe. We'll do Joe first. Which is more important, long-lasting or reaching the pinnacle of levels and powers? Hmm. So, you know, know. D&D, would you really like start at, you know, say skip the boring stuff, start at 8th level, make it to 20? Or, like Shadow, dude, we're playing 25 years, son. The same game. I I like long duration. So, um, making it there is cool. Mm-hmm. But if you make it there in a year and then you stop and then you do again and then you rinse and repeat, that's no fun. Yeah. Not really. What can you? What kind of mileage can you really make out of a campaign? I think you can make a lot. And and yes, to Jesse T's point down here, give me story and development, and that can happen with high level. Can happen with low level. Mm-hmm. If you have a long lasting campaign and it's and it's slow moving as far as level development, but um, there's, you know, different, uh, lots of stuff happening, but your characters don't necessarily gain power quickly. That can be fun too. It all depends on what you, what you want at your table. If you don't care whether you get high level or not, you just want to have a uh, a good time. uh, Then none of that matters. But for me, for me, I like getting to high level, but I don't care how long it takes. Not really. And you would really rather it be something that you get to as you, and keep going. Don't so in, in your idea, a perfect campaign it would never quote unquote end. I would never play level one for ten years. I would get bored. I don't care who's running it. 
<laughs> oh, Legion says, put the back up. Long lasting. I can play level one to 10 for years, though, I prefer progression. We have a buddy at one point in the third edition era, because it got crazy at high level, he thought six level was the perfect place to play and that he didn't see any point in playing beyond 10. And he, he was perfectly happy playing characters between six and 10 and gaining really, really slowly. Like he would have been happy gaining a level every two years. Yeah. You know, you, you know of whom I speak, don't you? Yes, yes. I wonder who's that. He's just not a fan. I think he thinks. Well, it'd be it would be great to have him on this on this show and talk about his his opinions of high level. Yeah, it's 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 just a matter of taste. Oh, well, that's interesting. Hit Legion's yeah. comment there. What yeah. is the Shauner style? What I, I watched of his videos. I wish Shauner was here. I I don't know what he's talking about half the time. Is yeah, he, Legion says I yeah. tend to agree with the Shauner style, even if I think it's too puritanical. He's too puritanical about it. So I believe I understand what he's talking about. It's the um, uh, the RP part of our game, which is you know discussion character between character and DM. Mm -hmm. And Shauner doesn't even want you asking questions. I know he, I he wants you playing, essentially playing the question out. What is over there? Well, he doesn't want you to ask what is over there. He wants you to go over there. I, um, you know, doesn't want to even hear you say anything like the character goes over there. You have to say, well, I walk over there. Right. You don't say, what do I see? You just, I, I walk the, over I there and the then. Bookshelf, the, I'm putting my, I head to the bookshelf and put, putting my fingers on the spines. I try to read them. That's what he wants you to do. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Jesse's got a good comment. Jesse T at 906. It's a good story would offer progression. So if you do not have a story with a progression stall for the whole game, um, maybe. Um, I mean, what if you bounced between adventures and you were just, I mean, if, if, like we used to play back in the day, you know, we did Keep on the Borderlands, no transition. We'd go do uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, no transition. Uh, Barrier Peaks, no transition, same characters. So. Yeah, stay in character. So as soon as you're hit, but but hits the seat, you're in character the whole time. You don't say anything out of character. And Acting without a script. Look, if you like to play that way, that's great. Um, no, I, I I found myself heading down that road late second edition, uh, and then I realized, you know, you're just playing part of the game. Then you're just doing the role playing. You're not really game. You're not playing a game much anymore. If all you're doing is just acting. Right. Well, I'm sure there's dice rolling in his games. Oh, I sure. imagine. Yeah, I've heard him talk. But but what it is is you prompt each other. So and you're supposed to listen for the prompts. So I go over there, which is a prompt for the DM to say, this is what you see when you go over there or whatever. Whatever the thing is that you say you've done, the DM is giving you information. And then you prompt each other and sounds tedious. Yeah, Cal makes a good point. Yeah, because did you have to perform your own stunts? <laughs> right. So I don't say I do a flip. I literally have to flip. <laughs> I'm sure Shauner doesn't mean that, but no, he just no. likes his, I guess he likes his game the way it is. He's yeah. got a particularly, you know. If, if, if what you, if what, like, like we were saying earlier, if, uh, if, if, if he's saying, this is the way I like it, that'd be one thing. But that's not what he means. He means no. you're not playing D&D &D unless you play it the way he plays it. Yeah, and that's... And he really does mean that, I believe. 
I don't yeah. think he really, if he sees other people playing and they're not playing that way, he says they are doing it wrong. Um, I like what Shadow says, mostly, not completely. Um, he says that 909, as long uh, Shadow, one above, we'll get to Max too. Huh? Oh, oh. Right above Shadow. As long as everyone is having fun, nothing else matters. I don't fully agree with that, but I do agree with that. I mean, if I'm having fun, I'm not going to stop it. But right. I think a campaign can suffer from a lot of, if it's just fun because you're goof, 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 goofing. You know, oh. that's not much of a campaign. This is odd. He calls D&D an adventure game, not a role-playing game. It says it's a role-playing game. He's wrong. <laughs> He's wrong. Well, uh, yeah. It says it's it says role playing. Does it say it in the original? It's, yeah, it's I'm Sean pretty sure it's always been called an RPG, a role playing game. I'm not sure about that. I um, mean, maybe not old D and D, but I'm pretty sure it's always been called at least from first edition on. Okay, maybe I'm, even Beck me. Look at my PDF up here, bro. Give me a second. Check what does Larry got to say? Mister Larry's got something good to say. Um, the monster book says for OD&D rules for fantastical medieval war games, campaigns playable with paper and pencil and miniature figures. Right. That's the old one. Old. So I think from first edition on, especially now, maybe back me, maybe it doesn't. First edition. We know what you're doing there, Max. He says, yeah, I'm not here to defend him. I just wanted to make a simple oh, it's example. Okay. It's okay if you do. No, no. Yes, it's okay. Joe, no. It's okay if Joe's no. wrong. But I'm not, so but there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cal says, I'm okay with not being a pariah of role-playing or elite. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't have to measure up to anybody else's standards. Yeah. I play... I, I, nobody complains about the way I play, I don't think. I do, constantly to my wife. You don't matter. Good point. So, I'm just your favorite dungeon master. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, play all you want. That's fine. So, you matter a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> Not much. That means pretty much nothing. Yeah, Joe, likes me because, Joe likes me because I'm beautiful. That's what it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Larry says, Larry Elliott at 909 says this, and I do kind of agree with this, and it's related to Shadow and Sun. So I enjoy hanging out with friends and playing. Long-lasting games will be good. I was a newer player, and with work and other obligations, it's not always easy to do. And that's true. That's the part we didn't get to as part of the outline was some people may not play high level because it's just too tough. Right. Time-wise, you know, they don't get a chance to stay in the game that long, and they got to move on. I think the reason our games are more relaxed as opposed to some others is because D&D is a thing that we do with our friends. Yes. When we hang out, one of the things we like to do is play D&D. Yep. So we're, it's a more relaxed game than some others. Right. And there's, I don't know, if you have to, if all you do is play out of a game store because that's what you got, then you're probably not, that's probably not how it rolls with you. But No, I've, you know what? I'll be honest with you. If all I had was games for playing, I wouldn't play D&D anymore. Really? Yep. Well, it probably depends on the crowd you would get. Now, I might do it if I could, you know, go to the game store and collect a few, a few homies like these good, fine folks here. Yeah. Meet Cal and meet Max and get Shadow and look. And then I would steal them from the game store and we'd make a home group. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking 
you know, even now when we had new players, I'm hoping we're about to make a new friend. Right, right. I, mean, I do agree with Shadow. I mean, it's you've got a short time on this earth. I want to do fun stuff with my friends. And I can't, you know, I can be very serious about the campaign. I want a campaign. To, I have more fun when we're being more serious about the game and the story, whether it's happening. Right, or right. He's railroading you, you know, get on board or let's do something. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm good with that. You know what, Joe? It's hard to chat. I was there for, what, 12, 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, felt like two hours by yourself. And I felt a little wobbly, but uh, I was mostly responding to the chat. Um, you might want to check your chair. It might have something loose. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know if I'd like being a lot of those guys that are YouTubers by themselves. And it's a different style, dude. I like having a partner, man. It's just easier to riff. Well, there's the other thing. When let's say let's take it, let's take for example, one that we both probably listen to a lot. I, uh, I know I do. Uh, listen more than watch is Eric July. He doesn't have anything to do with role playing games, but his style is just him. But he goes through topics, and you'll usually have uh, two, three, four things that he will talk about, and then. He has a big enough following that he has super chats. So um, we don't. Although when I when I switched uh, uh, back on, yeah, I noticed that we gained a couple of uh, uh, subscribers. So that's great. Where are we at number wise? Because I got one seventy one. Okay, so when we get to, do we say two fifty? Two fifty. So we're eighty uh, seventy nine away. So next week I'm going to announce the goodies I'm going to give away. I am going to change it up just a little bit because seems like nobody's interested in some of the stuff I tried to give away before. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. So. Hey, you know what? We'll take donations. Not, <laughs> I'm not necessarily talking about money, but that too. Right. But uh, if someone wants to send us a, a book for the giveaway, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It'd be a way to support the show. But um, what I was saying is he has a few topics. So mm -hmm. he talks about a thing and then does super chats. Talks about a thing, does super chats. We don't have that. We have the chat, yeah. but it can be challenging. And, and if we get enough people on, we got 14 here, according to the number that's yeah. on my screen right now, which is great. But uh, if we were to get the numbers that some of these YouTubers have, like nearing 100, yeah. we wouldn't be able to do that. I know. And it I would be very difficult. You know, it's funny. It's it's taken me a while to get comfortable in the YouTube lands because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I told you before, I think I, I liked podcasting better and I still think I would be good with it if it's just me and you. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have a problem podcasting. I think I would actually like it. But I'm really digging all these uh, cool daddios that come in to give us comments, you know, even good, bad and ugly, whatever it is, agree, disagree. That right. makes the world go around. It's fun to chat and stuff. And so I. I'm really starting to like this environment and I'm not sure if I would be too awfully excited. Um, yes, that is correct. Shadow and son. No one. <laughs> he says, I have a copy of that. Pathfinder 2.0, but no one likes that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would imagine the things that would be popular here would be in the OSR air realm mm -hmm. uh, for new products. And 5e. Uh, some. we got some 5e. Some 5e. But uh, yeah, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll we'll probably have to you know figure something out. Maybe uh, we have a couple of people that do support us monthly. Um, maybe we can just pull that together and um, think of something. Who knows? Oh, you have yeah. some ideas? 
Oh, I have, you mean as far as stuff to give away? Yeah. Oh, I've got some stuff. Yeah. I just okay. want to, like the last time we did it, there wasn't very many, uh, nobody seemed, like there's, remember I had, a, I had the Pathfinder version of X-Crawl. Nobody seemed to want that. Right. And, and so I want to shift some things out and do stuff people might like. Uh, unfortunately, the OSR stuff that I have, I kind of want to keep. <laughs> sure, sure. I want to give it away. Right, right. <laughs> But it may be that, you know, I'll offer what I offer and they'll take what they can get. You know, I guess they'll take whatever I give them or not take it. Right. Them. Um, yeah. So um, what do you think, man? It's about 918. 918. You about ready to call tonight? Have we hit everything? Have, you have, we, have we? Have we already? Well, you. Yeah. Missed, yeah. I guess we have the whole thing about uh, high level for different game genres. You know, uh, we talked with the chat about it. Uh, do you want to make any comments on that? Supers or Savage Worlds in general or other kind of game systems where you play high level or what it even constitutes? We talked about that. Yeah, before. well, Supers is high level from the get-go unless you do street level, really. Yeah. And even then, if you're Batman, you feel like you're high level. Right. You're pretty cool stuff. Right, right. And the, the folks he runs around with. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's essentially the leader of the Justice League. Let's be. Yeah, yeah. He's the really the, not Superman. Batman is the general. Right. But uh, compared to the well, the iconic uh, Legion of Superheroes, he's uh, he's like the least powerful. I mean, physically and powers wise. I mean, Wonder Woman, Superman. Mm -hmm. They don't need oh. Batman around for Green Lantern, beating up people. Manhunter, the Flash. Yeah, he's low end. Oh yeah, but except except he doesn't have low end intelligence no. or strategy or information on everybody that you can think of. <laughs> yeah, including his allies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bruce uh, says he likes Star Wars. It's probably his favorite non D and D game. Nobody ever talks about it. Maybe we should do a Star Wars episode, but we don't have a lot of experience with with Star Wars. I've played D6 once at Gen Con. I've played a couple sessions of of the Watsi Star Wars, including the Saga system. And I do like Saga. Right. So, That's yeah. true. Oh, yeah, oh. so I guess I guess I'm uh, uh that's my the the commentary I have for what I missed. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't think I've done high level in other systems very much. Um, other than one shotty type stuff, no, yeah. no, but, no, not that uh, I can remember. Yeah, I don't. Well, when I say no, you haven't. I'm just saying not with me. Right. Right. right up when we were the military and stuff. So, um, all right. So why don't we uh get out of here tonight? It'll be a little bit. Sounds good. Um, we'd like to support our oh, show. Oh, hold on, one moment. See? For the folks that are here. I'm very sorry that my computer cut out. So if anybody got, you know, been out of shape for it, I don't think you did, but I really, I'm sorry. There's nothing I could do about it. So thank you for sticking around. Oh, that was absolutely. great. Let's awesome. ramble and me go, um, and, um, um, um. So that's cool. So please continue. Yeah. Yeah. Check our website out. If you'd like to support us, uh, com. Support us there on the tab. Give us money. Give us encouragement. Share us with your friends. We are around on Twitter, Facebook. We're at Gilded now, right, too, Joe? We need to put On Gilded. Uh, me, we, Odyssey, YouTube. Email is thegeeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. <laughs> oh, what is that? <laughs> so Legion of Myth says, what are you talking about with reference to me cutting out? The show got better. Uh, you uh, don't thank need you. 
we don't ooh, computer we don't need that guy <laughs> no we do i like having joe around um share this show with your friends anywhere we might could uh you know promote this thing and she would help you get access to it better let us know uh subscribe like share rate all that good stuff anything else mr joseph i have nothing except all those folks saying it got better when i left you can sit on a egg sit on it potsy sit on it <laughs> no i'm old i know that stuff great to have you guys man it was so cool tonight thank you but uh this is randy and this is joe and remember can't be big like us and be geeks like us. Mm-hmm.